Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. Well, good seeing you this morning. Was that great worship? Man, that was just a good, great time to be in the presence of the Lord. And um, just want to let you know that the, our, our school of ministry officially starts uh, September, the weekend of the 20th of September. So just FYI, we've had almost 50 people pre-register already. Isn't that amazing? And uh, we're, we just confirmed our first, we want to start every, we have eight modules, um, eight seven-week modules, and we just con- and each module is going to start off with a conference. That's kind of how we're going to do it. And uh, of course, all the school, all the students go free to the conference. But we have uh, we've confirmed our first conference, which is uh, the ministry down in New Zealand um, called Father Heart Ministries, and they were pivotal and catalytic for the foundation of the Toronto Renewal. And uh, I don't know if you guys know people like Jack Frost and. Some of the older ones do, maybe. Um, and uh, so it's all about sons and daughters, father heart, identity. And so uh, we just confirmed them coming, and we'll have some other guest speakers as well. So that's super exciting. And we're almost, should I say, we're almost, we're 95%, 95% confirmed. You can pray the rest of that 5% in, that uh, in November we're, we're going to have the writer of the Passion Translation. Um, there's Brian Simmons. Uh, it's really amazing. Yeah, you can give the Lord. Yeah, it's good. So the because the second module is is um, studying the the Word of God, or I think it's knowing the Bible supernaturally. And we thought it'd be a great a great thing to bring Brian in because I heard he's an amazing teacher. And uh, and of course I love the Passion Translation, and so. Uh, and so, because it's the only translation that actually gets Matthew sixteen eighteen right, because uh, it uses the word ecclesia. Well, it says the a legislative assembly. So this right there, uh, he got my vote. Um, and so that's going to be in November. That's going to start our second module. And so, um, just really looking forward to September and the school of ministry. The third module is hosting the presence. So we're going after some folks on that. It'd be great to have like someone like Heidi or, or you know, like Heidi Baker or Bill Johnson, or someone like that come and who kind of runs with hosting the presence. And so, um, so be looking for that because we have Bobby in May and then we start really gearing up for our school. And um, I think you can, you can go to svsm.school. Because you know now, because school is like a .dot com .dot org .dot net .dot school. So now they have these all these kinds of different endings now to your web page. So if you want to check that out, there's not much there. We're going to put more and more up on there, and I just wanted to let you know it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So God is good. How many of you guys have read the Passion Translation? Wow, a lot of you. All right. I'm waiting for the whole thing to be done. You know what's cool, though? Can I just share a little bit more? I'm on a timeline. i got 27 minutes. But i got to share this. Um, um, In writing Brian this week, I just kind of shared our vision with the school. And so he, he wrote back and said, I just canceled nine conferences because I've, I had a dream 
And the Lord told me, like, I need to pull back and get back to translating. But I read your email, and my heart is so connected to with what you guys are doing, I really feel like the Lord wants me to be there. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So, so now the heat is on. Brian, this is, Brian is, you know, I'm sure he tunes in every week to our meeting via stream. And, uh, and so, anyway, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I want to, I was ready to make a transition um, away from, away from uh, stewardship. And I felt like the Lord said, like, you just need to go one more week. And I said, why? And he goes, well, you haven't said anything, like, really practical. Like, how do, you, how do we do this? Um, and I want, I want to bless my people. And um, so I said, like I always say, yes, Lord. And so um, in, in the next, this is kind of a different message today because it's going to be based on questions that I received uh, through the years on, on tithing and giving. And so I want to tackle these eight questions, but I want to, I want to go to a foundation a portion, a couple foundation portions of scripture. So I want you to turn to Malachi chapter three, verse eight through ten, and I want to start there. And I, I am, uh, I'm super uh, zealous in a good way, um, not jealous, zealous, uh, to see God's people be blessed, um, like abundantly. And I don't know if that's anyone else in this room. I don't know if you guys love to receive the blessings of the Lord. If that's true, you could say amen. amen. And, um, but the blessings of God come to us based on being in right relationship with him. I mean, there are, there are if, we're, if we're distant, if we're not serving the Lord, we could probably expect the blessings of the Lord to kind of, we kind of moved outside of his blessing. So to me, when, I, when we talk about, let's say, the wrath of God in Romans chapter, I think, one or two, um, it's not so much God really being angry with us, it's actually removing ourselves under the umbrella of his blessing. And when we step outside of the umbrella of his blessing, then we step into a place that is, that is let's just say, demonic territory. And we step outside into this demonic territory because the enemy only has... The enemy only has enough authority as what we give him. In other words, Jesus has stripped his authority. Jesus has all the keys, and the enemy does not. The only time he has place in our life is if we give it to him. Come on, you guys. That's super foundational. We have to believe that. Now, I understand, and I've been through, and I totally recognize times of testing. And even then, the Lord can use the enemy like a pawn in a game of chess, and he's always, he, he always, the Lord always says, checkmate. Always. Turn to your neighbor and say, always, with some enthusiasm. You guys are... Always. In other words, that's why the Scripture says we go from glory to glory. So if I position myself underneath the umbrella of his anointing and his blessing, then I could petition the Lord and expect an open heaven over me. It doesn't mean I don't have 
testing because the Lord takes us into the valley. But even then, I can sit and I can dine in his presence. And it doesn't say that when I, it said, the scripture says, when I go through the valley. So that means there's, a, there's, there's the beginning of the valley and then there's the end of it. And so the promise is, is that you're going to get through. How we get through has everything to do with our choices. In other words, in the middle of all the things that we go through, we think that, we think that the times of testing are going to, we feel like the times of testing are going to crush us, but I've discovered that the times of testing build us. Remember that, that there is life after this one. That there's actually any, there's an eternity that will rule and reign with Jesus. So we have to think about our life, and I've done this before and I'll do it again. Our life is that if you look in the very corner over here and you go out maybe six inches, that's our time on earth. But eternity stretches from all the way past the walls of the, the corner walls of this building. Because eternity is eternity. It's like forever. So here we're being trained to rule and reign with him. I don't know what that looks like. If I spend more than three or four minutes on it, my mind blows up. I, I just, I can't, I have to just take it for face value out of the word of God that we're going to rule and reign with him. So the season that we're in doesn't mean that, that the season that we're in is the building for what is ahead of us in eternity. Oh, come on now. In other words, it doesn't stop here. And so the times of testing, the things that we go through, if we understand it properly, I mean, everything has to do with the renewed mind. If we, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the times of testing that, we've, that we actually are going through are never there to slay us but to build us. But it's still my choice in the middle of it to make the right decisions. So as you know, as you might know, as you maybe could know, because some of you are fairly new, I don't like problems. I don't know if anyone, there might be people in the room who love them. Okay, the, the, the altars are open. We don't really like problems, but, but that's the proof of our leadership, right? Because leaders solve problems. And so, so we face problems, and there's a myriad of problems. When the problems kind of have the landing pad over our life, there are seasons where it's, the problems are deeply profound, and we don't know how we're going to get out of those situations. And then there's these seasons of rest, And I praise God for the rest, but I've discovered even in the problem, there's rest. That's part of going through the problem is actually finding heaven's rest in the middle of it. So if I stay obedient to the word, everyone say obedience. It's not, it's just it's all about John 15. It's remaining in the Lord. It's seeking him in the morning, 
or in the evening or all day long and just say, I don't have what it takes, but I know you do. I'm the branch and you're the vine. And I am going to make this intentional decision to stay connected. That's my part. Because he does say there are branches that are lopped off. And so I intentionally am going to stay connected and I am going to have the nutrients of the vine replenish the branch. That's the Christian life. The Christian life is not me striving so hard to please God. The Christian life is about yielding and admitting and saying, Lord, I don't even have the joy within me, but I can receive your joy. So as the vine produces the nutrients to the branch, I'm asking you now to give me the joy of the Lord. It's my strength. It all comes from heaven. It all comes from a father who's more than willing to give. So when I take, when I take myself outside of the provision, I take myself out of the abundance and the provision, or let's just say it, open heaven, the open heaven of the Lord, and that could be done, done by just willful disobedience. Like if there's a secret sin in my life, that I continue in, I actually begin to move myself out of the presence of the Lord, even in the context of that area of my life of struggle, and if I continue there, then I'm moving outside of his covering. And the reason why I'm doing that is I'm giving license to the enemy. And now he has authority in that area of my life because I've given it to him. He can't seize you. He can't dominate you. He can't control you. He can't force himself on you. Come on, you guys. It's true. That's why we go from victory to victory, glory to glory. So so for PG here, that would be me. I, I actually, I don't, I don't want to say this, uh, you know, in the flesh or arrogantly or anything like that, but I control my own destiny by the choices I make. Amen. Does that make sense? 100%. That reminds me of the, I don't know if it was, was it the Raiders of the Lost Ark or something? Choose wisely. Yeah. And he's looking for the, you know, the carpet, you know, whatever. He got his old says everything to do with stewardship. When it, comes to, when it comes to my finances, my view of God has everything to do with my stewardship. The question I have to ask myself, you see, I'm a disciple before I'm a pastor. I'm a son before I'm a pastor. I don't, I don't preach because I'm a pastor. I preach because I'm a son, and this is my assignment. So, so, so that means I have a private life in God. 
I have a history in God. I have my own history in God. Wendy has her own history in God. We have a history in God because we're married. You have a history in God. And like I said last week, I wasn't born, I wasn't raised in the church. I'm not fifth generation, though I joyfully grafted myself in to the family line. So when it comes to when it comes to finances, I recognize that I don't own anything. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that I have a good father who wants to give me all things. Not so much the things I want, it's the things I need. That's why we have Matthew chapter 6. But sometimes the Lord is so good, he'll give us what we want too. So I want to take, I had no plans on this. All I have is a dollar. Well, I have a few more dollars. So you know what's amazing is that this is all I have. It's like, I wasn't even planning on this. Anyway, I do have a little, I have a $20 bill right here. It's all scrunched up. I don't sound, not even neat. Sorry. I have $20. All right. So this is, this is, this is how I think this is kind of my life. All right. 10% I can give to the Lord and I can steward the 90. God can do far more with my 90 that I'm, actually his 90 that I'm stewarding than me clutching onto the full 20. So do I want my 20 under an open heaven or do I want, do I want my 90% of this under open heaven, all my finances, or do I want to move outside of his realm of abundance and keep my 20? It has everything to do with my view of God. Everything to do with my view of God. If I feel that the Lord is stingy, that the Lord doesn't love me, if I have an orphan spirit or an orphaned heart, then I'm going to hold on to everything I get. But if I see the Lord as being generous and kind and that he wants to, I have a sonship heart. I have a heart of a son, not an orphan. And if he's looking at my money and he wants to bless me, why in the world would I choose to keep it all? For myself. I mean, this is how I think. I'm just letting you in on how I think. If I can trust the Lord with my life, with my eternity, like that's priceless. If I'm say, if I could trust the Lord, I'm trusting the Lord with my eternity. You mean I can't trust Him with this? Why do we think like that? I mean, where, how was that sewn into our hearts? Well, yeah, we have charlatans in the church. So what? 
You're going to have people in every area of life who are selfish, who are controlling, who break the law. You have people all the time. Just got to make sure you, you research and talk to the Lord about all those kinds of things, right? I understand that process. But if I can give, if I give my heart completely to Jesus and trust eternity with my, very, with my, with my soul... Why wouldn't I trust him with my finances? Okay, here's another one. This is really interesting to me. I talk to Father about stuff like this. Why is this, this, connected to true riches? Why is handling this properly connected to the true riches? Why did Jesus make the statement? Why is it so important? I know I can't buy a miracle. That's ridiculous, even though that's stated on television. You give us $49.00. And we're going to pray, and you're going to receive your miracle. Turn the channel. Better just watch a warrior game. And I did last night, glory. You guys know I'm talking about. Any warrior fans? Okay, a few of you. I'm going to stop right there, because I got got rebuked about my country music stuff. (laughs) Lovingly, so... Somebody came in our business meeting saying yeehaw. I'm not going to mention any names, but Neil did a good job. Are you over there? He's out there. Oh, he could still hear me. I wouldn't put it past him for him to poke his head in and just say it, you know. So Malachi chapter 3, I did say I would go there, right? This is out of the new King Jimmy. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. That's so strong. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And the Lord says, in tithes and offerings. Verse 9, your curse with the curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, let me just set the context just for a moment. The context is they're rebuilding the temple. They've rebuilt the temple, I should say. The wall's completed. You've got to understand that Malachi... Now, I'm going to share a joke. I call him Malachi... The Italian prophet. When I first got saved, I didn't know. I looked at the Bible and I was like, there's Malachi. I didn't know. I, I thought it said job, Malachi. I, I had no idea. I had no idea what the first four books of the New Testament were. I knew nothing, man. Nothing. So this is Malachi. So, so Malachi is with Nehemiah. He's with Ezra, 
And, he's, and, and this is also the same time that Esther's around. So there's a focused effort on the rebuilding of the temple and the rebuilding of the wall, but there's, there's the, the... And then a couple weeks ago, I talked about Tobiah and how the high priest allowed Tobiah into the, into the storehouse. The enemy set up his place in the storehouse because the storehouse was empty. And anytime there's a vacancy... The enemy's going to set up shop and begin to control things. So Malachi, different writers don't know, they can't pinpoint exactly when the prophets were all, but this is all around the same thing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And so, so here in this portion of Scripture, the temple, my picture is that the temple, the storehouses where the tithe and offerings go, was empty. I don't know when Tobiah came on the scene with Nehemiah. My feeling is like this was actually written before Nehemiah shows up. So does everyone understand the context just a little bit, right? So this is is how he's talking. This is is what the prophet is saying. And and Malachi is probably the last book written in the Old Testament before we go into a 400-year season where we don't hear from the Old Testament to the New. So he says... Will a man rob God that you've robbed me? Ties and offerings, you've cursed with the curse, for, you've been robbed, uh, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He said, bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. Now some versions say, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. Right now I have a choice. I'm talking about disciple son Greg. I'm not talking about pastor. Taking pastor head off. I have a choice. Either I'm going to believe the word or am I not going to believe it? Now I've known people who've gone through seasons of difficult financial strain. And sometimes those decisions, those, those financial strains are based on things that they did. Maybe it wasn't a good investment. Maybe you heard from the Lord and then you stepped out and, and you did something you felt like was from God and it didn't work out. Been there, done that. But my offense doesn't give me the right to disobey the word. This is pastor, this is, this is son Greg, brother Greg. I have seen people who have recovered financially in three months. I have seen people who have sowed, gone, I've been in ministry now 33 years, as long as Jesus was alive, I guess. There is a resurrection at the cross. I'm just letting you know. I have seen people who have struggled. And I've seen people who gave to the Lord. And they've had 15, 20 years of still struggling. Only to find out that the breakthrough happens and it happened through quickly. Why? Because they sowed into the supernatural. 
I know a person who now pastors at Bethel Church, and I've known him for a long time. And I remember when, when they were in Little Weaverville. You don't even know where Weaverville is at, do you? How many of you guys know Weaverville? Weaverville. Like, I'm urban dude. Man, I go into Weaverville. I'm like, this is, get me out of here. <laughs> and I remember this preaching in a movie theater. And I remember the modest accommodations. And I remember that he always gave 20%. I remember that they had a hard time even balancing their checkbook. I remember. And then all of a sudden, God promotes him. He didn't buy his promotion. The point I'm trying to make is that you have a good heavenly father who watches over you and your finances. How can I separate my soul from my finances? What does that mean? How can I separate my eternity from my finances? How can I trust him with my children and not trust him with my finances? Why is that? Why is that such a hot topic? Because I think there's warfare around it. Because I think that the Lord wants to give us the true riches. What are the true riches? They're far more than signs and wonders. What about contentment? What about peace? What about things this will never buy, ever buy? But he makes a connection between how I steward this and the things that are released in the supernatural. Well, that's conditional. No, it's not. It's about faithfulness and entrusting much to those who can be trusted. Well, that's works. No, it's not. If my daughter, who's here today, my other, my little girl, my baby girl, you want, you want to stand up, huh? Because you're like that. Um, So I'm out of time. I didn't even get to the questions. But I feel like the Lord wants me to land here. Maybe I'll get to the questions if you guys can endure another week. I don't know. I don't even know what I was saying. My baby girl. It's my baby girl. Oh, my baby girl. <laughs> baby girl. She's beautiful, isn't she? Smart, intelligent, anointed. Bill, you better treat her real good. 
I love you, man. Uh, I love you, man. Listen, I know the law says by 16, they can drive. Not on my roof. You might, lawfully you can drive, but I ain't handing over any keys to you for the car until I know I can, you can be trusted with the vehicle. Why? Because I'm a terrible dad. No, because love always seeks to protect and provide. Always. The laws of God are not rules that you have to adhere to. They're based on love, and love always protects and always provides. Always. 110%. That's why when your kids are little, you say, honey, let me teach you something. Before you cross the street, stop, look, and listen. You're so controlling, Dad. No. I want you to have a long life. So I want to protect you. And I want to provide for you everything that you need to be successful. For some reason, we, when it comes to this, we toss all of it out the window. Or some of us might toss all of it. I, there's many people who don't. But we, we struggle with this. And the Lord's heart is, has always been to protect you and to provide for you. Because he's just not a normal father. He's the heavenly father. And so I, when I sow, when I give to the Lord, and I believe in storehouse giving, when I give to the Lord, then now I can petition the Lord. This is son Greg, PG Greg. This is me. I, I don't know how I could petition the Lord about my finances when I got him in here. And the open heaven, now I'm struggling. There's fear, there's anxiety, there's, there's debt, there's all this stuff happening. I know internally, this is PG Greg, PG Greg, son Greg, whatever, brother Greg. I know that I'm not, I'm not lining myself up. I might find some teaching that can validate me in my decisions, which people do. But there's something still inside of me, something here. And so I know that if I'm withholding, then, 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 then okay, there's the grace of God, and I'll, I'll, I'll expand the grace of God as far and wide as I can and say, okay, Lord, you know your situation, you know what's going on, but it's better for me, even when I was in Bible college, I can begin to now, as a son, step right, I'm already in this place of provision, and I can go and I can say, Lord, I really need your help financially. Why? Because I've already sowed into the supernatural. Faithful to the Lord. 
Does that make sense? The Lord has made this a big deal. Well, the Lord, right? Maybe I should change that. The Lord really hasn't made it a big deal. We've made it a big deal. And I'm just being as honest and candid as I know how. And for some reason, we feel like this dude just wants something. That is not my heart whatsoever. I want all of us to prosper under an open heaven. I remember somebody, I don't know who it was, who, I don't know who, who told me this. And I know I keep pointing back to, sometimes I keep pointing back to up north. They're our family, so. but talk about your family every once in a while. And um, I think in the early days of Bethel, it's like, if we can't get past the financial thing, we'll never get into the supernatural thing. But my heart is for you, for all of us. And it's never how much, it's really proportioned, isn't it? It's, we're only faithful with what the Lord's given us. It's maximizing our talents. So when I stand before the Lord, it's not going to be based on, well, someone gave this one, someone gave that much, someone gave... No, it's like, what did you do with what I gave you? That's why it's the, the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Always. But I really wanted to go after this. I really wanted to... I, I guess I'm, I'm real... Um, I don't want God's people to be lied to. Like somehow the Lord's stingy. Or the Lord's aloof. Or the Lord's disconnected to your finances. But the Lord is overlooking your finances. Like he cares about other people more than he cares about you. And I want to encourage you too. I understand the seasons. And sometimes those seasons could be long. But I want to encourage you. You don't have to give up. Even though you feel like it. That's why it says in Scripture, I've never seen the righteous begging for bread. That's why... If you see some gray hair around here, talk to them. They'll tell you how faithful the Lord is. I mean, if you don't want to ride on my faith, get around to some other people, and they'll tell you. I've been, I've been, I've been in the battles. I know what you're talking about. God's faithful. I've been in the war. God's faithful. I didn't understand it. God's faithful. What's important is my heart. I'm not responsible for someone else's as much as I'm responsible for this one. Though I care for my wife's heart, I'm not responsible for it. She is. Though I care for my kid's heart, I'm not responsible for them and their hearts. I can live the message. I can preach the message. That's part of my heart. And it's yours.
Let me just close with this one story. It's found in Scripture. It's my second point. Didn't even get to the questions. Mark 12, 41 through 44. I think this is so profound. And I'm just going to read it to you and kind of let it settle, and then we'll pray together because I'm a little over already. But worship went long, so that's my justification. Mark 12. I said Mark 12? I did. Okay. So I got got three ribbons in this Bible. So I'm just going to go ahead and use that one. Let me read to you at the end of it. This will be easier. Jesus sat down. You guys, for those of you who know the New Testament and Gospels, you'll, this is familiar. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd. Okay, G- Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched. The crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples, so he's, he's watching, and then he calls the boys over. He says, guys, come here for a second. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into that treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she has to live on. I mean, there's so much in that passage that I can communicate, but I, I, want, to, I want to communicate this. The Lord sees, honors, pays tribute to every single person who gives. Does that make sense? Well, the Lord doesn't really care about my my finances. Oh, yeah, he does. Well, the Lord wants to bless everybody but me. That's not true. I just want to encourage you, regardless of the valley you're in, maybe we see a year ahead, maybe. He sees through eternity. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep sowing. Stay under that covering. And if the Lord is blessing you, remember the end result of your prosperity or your gain is to bless others. I love that definition. The Lord wants to give The Lord wants to supply your need according to the divine assignment he's given you. Some of you have a call to the nations. He wants to supply that need. Some of you have, he's called to run multiple businesses. 
same. But the end game is that you would bless others. Receive a blessing, be a blessing. And I promise I'll close with this. Everything God has ever created gives. Trees give oxygen. Sun gives light. Everything he's created gives. And he wants to continue to, to do so. Let's stand together. Take the hand of the person next to you. Just take a moment, just pray for the person. Just on your left and right. Let's just pray. Let's just go after this. Like, let's pray for divine prosperity. What are you talking about? I'm talking about health. I'm talking about provision. I'm talking about salvation for family members. Like, I'm talking about the seen and the unseen. Let's believe for that. And Lord, we acknowledge today that you're a good Heavenly Father. We acknowledge that you are good all the time. And regardless of what place we're in, we make that acknowledgement today. That you have our highest good in mind always. Always. 110%. Always. So I trust you with my life. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my health. I trust you with all. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. And so I recommit myself this afternoon that it's all yours. Just tell me how to steward it, Lord. That's it. Just tell me how to steward it. I just want to be a good and faithful servant, good and faithful steward of your resources. Thank you. Lord, I pray that you would release prosperity in this room. Not for the sake of our own needs, which is amazing, but Lord, we need, we need shelters in our city. We need, we need places where we can, we can minister to the broken, to the trafficked. We need, we need places. This is, it's got to be more. It, it has to move out beyond us. It has to be move out beyond us, just, just not for our own needs and whatever we, you know, houses and it's got to be way beyond that it's got to be in advancing the kingdom of God in our city in our region 
And we've relinquished that to, our so, to a lot of the social programs in our city. We need to be feeding the poor, taking care of the broken. But if we're so struggling financially, we can't, we can't even get the breakthrough there. Lord, I just pray you release an open heaven, of the prosperity of the Lord. God, I just want to say that we could be trusted. We could be trusted. And just tell the Lord, I could be trusted. I could be trusted. I could be trusted. Lord, may this place be a place where we release funds all over the world. All over the world. In the Bay Area, yes, but all over the world. What about orphanages? What about clean water? Lord, just may this place be a place where we just release these things all over the world. We just say yes to that. So, Lord, we're asking you for faith to believe. As the branch is connected to the vine, we're asking you for faith to rise up in our heart to believe and to do. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Yep. Amen. All right. So we're going to transition. I'm going to have Reverend Jordan Seamus come up here. And uh, you know Check. he's like credentialed Ooh, now. You know he's got his reverend. You know so reverend bishop, whatever you so, want to call me. Anyway, yep, that was good. Yeah, yeah. come on, that was really good. Um, I just have a few quick announcements before we leave. Um, there's intro week one, which is titled Belong. If you're looking just for a family, for a house, for people to run with, to do life with, um, we just really encourage you to come uh, to our first week. We, we'll be meeting on the connections desk with Gabrielle. Um, and so we'd love for you to get plugged in and come on in. Um, and then also there was one more thing. Prayer ministry team is going to be up here. You, prayer ministry team, you guys can come up. Um, they're going to be up here for about 20 minutes. If you guys need prayer, even if it's breakthrough, uh, just in finances or if that's a struggle for you guys, um, that's okay. This is a safe place to come and get prayer uh, just so we can partner with you. And um, on top of that, I felt I was asking the Lord uh, just for some words of knowledge for some healing because uh, I feel like he's always ready and wanting to do that. And so um, I, he highlighted joints to me, um, he highlighted joints, knee joints and joints in, in wrists. And, um, and then also, is that anyone, does anyone have like issues with joints? Okay, we got, okay, right here, anybody lift it? I mean, if you can't lift it high, I guess I was going to say lift it high, but uh, maybe you can, you're getting healed right now. So if you want to put your hand up, and just people that are around them, can you just lay your hand on them real quick? And then also, um, I, I saw a tendon on the inside of uh, someone's arm that was kind of destroyed or messed up. I don't know, is that anybody that on the inside of their elbow, inside your elbow over here? Okay, someone put your hand over on this guy. We're just going to pray really fast. 
Um, Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're moving. We thank you that you're in this place right now. And so we just release heaven over every single one of your children right now, God. And we just say healing come right now in the name of Jesus. Healing come right now in the name of Jesus. You're a good father. We just step into the, uh, to the promise that you already made where you said by your stripes we are healed. You already said it, so it's finished and it's done. And so we just take that step into the reality and into what you bought and paid for. So we just thank you, God, and we please your blood. Go ahead, and if you can test that out, go ahead and test out, see where the pain level's at, see if there's any healing or if there's any issues still. How does it feel? Good? Thumbs up, like, like 100? Let's go. That's awesome. Come on. That's awesome. So we got one. Anybody else? Anybody else feel breakthrough healing? Yeah? Oh, we, got, we got another person, another person. Amazing. How's it? How's that tendon? Uh, he's getting. He's he's going to talk to. You. I'll talk to him later. Awesome. And if you're still praying for somebody, come come on. Let's go. Come on. That's that's th- th- at least three or four people that just got healed. I'm talking about they they had pain and they don't have pain anymore. So healings for today. That's just I love it because that's just a kiss from the Lord. That's just, a, that's just the way that he says, I love you. I love you. And, and obviously, we're, we're contending for those who did not get breakthrough or did not get healing. And guess what? We have our prayer ministry team up here. And so if you want continued prayer, if there's other pain in your body or whatever, please come up, line up. Let's get some prayer. But thank you guys so much for being here. We appreciate you all and have an amazing week. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe. And thank you for listening.